The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on another fascinating and insightful guest. He is a novelist who is originally from Norway. He's also an outdoorsman, and he's also built up a YouTube channel with over half a million subscribers. And this is Bjorn Andreas Bullhansen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words. <laughs> No doubt, Bjorn. So for people who are not familiar with who you are and your work, please tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I'm a novelist and I have been a novelist for many, many years. So I have several published uh, uh, books in uh, several languages, actually. Uh, and I've been a YouTuber as well as a hobby, you could say, for, uh, for seven years. Recently had my seven year anniversary on the main channel. So uh, yeah, seven years, <laughs> time flies by, you know, and all that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm um, uh, 50 years old now and uh, I live in Norway and uh, yeah, family, house, boat, car, things like that, quite uh, normal, I, I guess. I hear that. Awesome. Well, you've lived 50 years of an interesting life, so I'd like to take it back a little bit. Tell me more about your childhood and growing up. Well, I grew up actually in Oslo, the capital of Norway, but that was in the suburbs. And uh, I would say the suburbs were quite rural back then. Uh, lots of freedom, a lot more freedom than kids have these days. And um, a lot more nature or access to nature I, I would say um that was actually in the 70s and 80s that's a long time ago um <laughs> so uh yeah no i've i've been i've i've lived in this area the south eastern part of uh 
Norway my whole life. Uh, I've been traveling quite a lot as well, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time at my desk writing that because that's my job. So mm -hmm. uh, it's not really very glamorous or anything like that. It's just, <laughs> it's just sitting there writing. That's my, that's my life. No, but I, I try to get out in nature as much as I can. That has always been a, a passion of, uh, of mine. Mm -hmm. How did you first get into writing? Do, have you been doing that from a young age or did you start um, as an adult? Yeah, well, I've always enjoyed writing and uh, reading, but if, actually, I, I enjoy writing more than reading, actually. Um, yeah, I, I started writing for publication when I was 19. Um, and uh, I was quite. I kind of decided that that was what I wanted to do uh, for a living quite early on. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's been a few years since then. Yeah. And how did you get into the world of YouTube? What made you even want to do that? Because when I watch your, when I watch your videos, you, I don't know, I, I get an energy that you're more of a bit more of a sort of private person. I know you're a novelist, you write books, but then you also, while you're out and about, you also shoot these interesting monologues and videos about a range of different subjects. So what made you decide to put that out to the world? Well, actually, there, there was a, um, a, a PR consultant or something like that who, um, who told me that I should have a blog. I started a blog and I still have the blog and all my videos are on the blog as well. Um, and um, and she said that you should do that because of that's how things work now. You need to be on social media. Uh, and that's how it started. And I, I started making videos actually because people stole my blog posts. And then the, you know, the traffic on my blog posts just died. And I could see when they did that, you know, larger websites and and I, I thought, well, maybe it's more difficult to copy and steal and copy my videos. Uh, so I started making videos. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, that's how it started. I now enjoyed making videos as an, I, I was going to say art form, but I don't know if I've, I don't know if it's art in my case, but um I enjoy making videos and um, yeah, I think it's fun, you know. That's awesome. So you got into the YouTube world initially to promote your books and to get around this issue with the blog. When did your channel first start to get some traction? Do you remember the first video that really took off? Um, no. <laughs> no, I, uh, let's see. Um, it's been like in stages and every time a video takes off it the channel kind of lands a little bit higher at a higher level if you know what I'm, yeah well you obviously know what i'm talking about here um but i think um actually during covid uh that during that time my channel grew a lot and um, I I have a video. 
it's it's funny i have a video uh just a week ago it has like a million views or something like that now uh now i forgot what it's about no oh i'm getting old you see <laughs> <laughs> a million views you gotta you gotta remember that one yeah well oh no no there was this article actually about so i post a question and i read an article uh about how and I'll try to be careful with my words and everything, censorship and all that, but how people who took the, um, uh, the, the poke in the shoulder. Inoculation. Uh, yeah, they now regret uh, many, many of them. And then they blame those who didn't because why? And they are saying, why didn't you warn us? Mm, mm, and I, I remember thought, that. Can this be real? You know, and I asked. <laughs> my viewers do you think this is satire or or is it real and and a lot of people have uh, had opinions on on that a lot of people so mm -hmm. i i still haven't decided and you know i lean towards satire but um i'm not sure i'm not sure yeah i lean towards satire as well um it's it's too on the nose and yeah. I don't know the, the publication that it was in. I don't know if it's like a legitimate thing, but I mean, I think it says a lot about the world and time that we live in where it's extraordinarily and increasingly difficult to tell the difference between reality and satire, especially, I mean, it was, we thought it was weird before 2020 um, when things were already getting weird. And then for the past three years, it's just been, it's been ludicrous. It's just been all around the world. I think that's one of the most fascinating things about it, whether you're in Norway or you're in the USA or you're in Australia or you're in China or you're in Japan. It's just been this global pandemic of madness. And I massively respect the fact that, you I mean, you were, there were not that many early voices on public platforms in early 2020 and throughout who took a counter narrative stance. I mean, we can probably think it was, it was probably a, a few dozen realistically all around the world. It was a few dozen. Now at this stage, people want to rewrite history and pretend they were ahead of the curve yeah. and so on. But it was really a very small number of people. And mm -hmm. something that I find really fascinating, I don't know if you have any insight on this, but I'm, I'm intrigued, not so much as, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting to talk about why and how so many people got, let's honest, just brainwashed and fell completely lockstep into the different stages of this PSYOP. But the thing I'm trying to understand is this small percentage of people who did not, what was it? Like, what do, what do these people have in common that allowed us to see where it was all going? I mean, but for example, before the poke in the shoulder rollout was even coming, both myself and yourself publicly said, this is what's going to happen. They're going to segregate people. They're going to divide. It's not going to, it's not going to be, oh, you know, two weeks, slow the spread. This is going to go on for months or years. And then they're going to roll this thing out and they're going to, and I predicted it. You predicted it. I, I can, you can go and see on Bjorn's channels. You've got videos from 20, what, late 2020 before the madness really kicked off saying what's going to happen with this sort of vax passport and all that. And, and I'm just, I, I wonder what it, what is it that allowed some people, not most, but a few people to kind of see through this, because I don't know if you felt the same way, but I felt like a lot of it was quite obvious. 
Yes. But then people thought I was crazy for saying it. Well, I think what you obviously did was that you you were able to see this in a historical perspective. And that shouldn't be very difficult. I thought actually that what I said was like, I, I thought this video will be maybe it, you know, not very big. It won't do that well because this is so obvious. Everyone will kind of get to this conclusion within a couple of days or something. And but no, <laughs> no, they didn't. And uh, uh, I, I've discussed this with friends of mine um, that I, I think I'm now I am more and more certain that this has to do at least partly with a lack of uh, education like in history world history or the wrong education in world history um i it's it's like it's not even legal to make any comparison to the second world war even though it's not the same but there are certainly um uh, similarities in the thinking and the segregation uh and and this i i thought it would be obvious you know um but no no i was yeah. disappointed with people at that time I'm, i must say as a global nomad who's constantly on the road i often find myself connecting to the internet in insecure locations like airports and hotels Sometimes I want to access movies, streams, and other content that's only available in certain geographic locations. And at all times, I want to be able to browse the internet with peace of mind without anybody snooping on me. That's why whether I'm at home or on the road, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so your internet service provider can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, including phones, computers, and even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN ranked number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link at expressvpn.com forward slash Zuby, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Zuby, expressvpn.com forward slash Zuby to check out the offer and get an additional three months for free. Yeah, I feel the, I feel the same way. I, I feel, felt absolutely the same way because... It was, you know, I think for the first time, certainly the first time in my life and, you know, maybe the first time in, in yours as well as someone who, who's older than me, but to just see, you know, we hear about these stories in history, especially in the 20th century, right? We, we learn about this, people saying never again, we, you know, humanity can never again do this. We're never going to segregate people again or discriminate against people in such a way and so on. And then to see so many people who you would have thought, you know, just even in terms of decency, even not just in knowledge, right? Like even if, even if you genuinely believed, okay, this thing is as dangerous as you think, and the shot in the arm is super safe and super effective, even if you think that everybody should get it, the, the level of hostility and venom and anger and say that, that was the part that was really disappointing because it wasn't just, 
okay, well, I think this is a good thing to do, right? I'm a big fan of health and fitness, right? I think people should eat right and they should go to the gym and do this and this. I would never even think in my brain to attack or discriminate against someone or, oh, maybe we should, you know, segregate the the people who are in shape versus the people who aren't. Maybe we should mandate and force people to go to the gym. Maybe we should do like, it, it doesn't even cross my mind. And it's like, in the so-called freest societies in the world in, in not, you know, this isn't just if they just locked down in China or something, I'd be like, okay, that's, that's China. Right. But then in the UK, Western Europe, USA, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, some of the, some of the places that went the craziest in certain parts. And I'm just like, how did people just give up the concept of liberty and freedom so quickly, not just for themselves, but to want it forced and mandated on other people. And that was the part that is just disappointing. And I think it's also frustrating because now we're in 2023. And yeah, some lessons have kind of been learned, but not really, right? Not not at scale. There hasn't really been any full accountability. People want to just kind of quietly move on, pretend none of it ever happened. And I'm like, no, you know, I, I can go back and I can look at people's tweets. I can listen to what people were saying. And it got, it was really, really venomous, especially sort of mid 2021. I think that's when it that's probably when it peaked mid to, mid to late 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I think actually what I learned most of all is that most people they don't really care so much about freedom. I think they care more about other other things like comfort and mm. uh, not sticking their uh, sticking out from the uh, group, if you know what I mean. Um, and that explains a lot of uh, the nasty stuff in world history and it's human nature i guess so in that sense it was good to get that lesson <laughs> we we could see world history in real time like mm. it was fascinating in a way and and a bit scary <laughs> a bit scary yeah. but, it was uh, yeah yeah, well, yeah, well Norway, I think like by the sorry, way, you, you I just want to, yeah, sorry, I just want to say that Norway was one of the countries that was not so bad when it comes to this these things. And Sweden was even better, you know. But even in Norway, even here in where I live, we had uh, people looking at me like I was a murderer because I wasn't wearing the the mask and all that i i actually did when I, when the, there was a, there is a local store and a lot of older people and people with some um physical um, um difficulties they they uh they go there and because of them you know i i don't it was no point you know to to make them scared um and um so but that's about the only exception I made there. Yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I'm curious, tell me more about what the situation was like in Norway, because being a smaller country, it's one of the countries that often doesn't get, it sort of doesn't get mentioned in lots of these conversations. I think there's many countries in Europe where a lot of people, especially people in, um, in the USA, where the majority of my listeners are, People don't really have a clue what happened there. They know what happened in the different states in the U.S. You know, they've heard of what happened in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, funnily enough, just because they went so crazy. People know about, you know, the other English-speaking countries, really. That's what people tend to 
focus on. They completely forget about the continent of Africa. They forget about lots of Europe. They forget about much of Asia. So what was the situation like in Norway over the past few years? Well, um, it, Norwegians are a bit of a funny, strange bunch of people because on, on one hand, you, they are very, uh, they, they will follow orders, you know. And then you have all these individ, individuals who are rebels, and quite a lot of them actually, the way I see it. And uh, so you have this curious mixture of people that um, the majority of people here, they were just doing as they were told. And um, the we didn't really have, well, in Oslo and in some of the other larger cities, they did have mandatory mask wearing in um, public places, I think. Um, but not, I can't remember because I didn't really care, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. But, um, um, what I remember mostly is this constant propaganda, how this is so dangerous. And the way to get out of this is through a certain inoculation. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very frustrated because it was in the schools where my, my kids are in school um, constantly. Um, and I will never forgive that, especially that they didn't leave the kids alone. I'll never forgive it. And I'll say something now that you might take it out if you want to, but I'll, I'll or leave it in. Uh, I believe that the politicians responsible for having kids take this thing and and having pulling them through this whole nightmare that they were exposed to. Um, I think they should be tried before a, the court and sentenced. That's what I think, and I hope it will happen one day. That's what I hope. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if I said my full thoughts on this, I, I, I probably wouldn't be able to on YouTube. <laughs> no, I, I, I go far. This has been crimes against humanity. I don't think that is, that's not a stretch at all. I mean, they violated the Nuremberg Code. They violated yeah. people's most basic civil rights. And I mean, just, just very basic things that actually, if you went back to 2019, everybody, I thought, agreed. Mm. And then suddenly, because of the way they were able to use the media and certain language and inflated statistics and so on to put people in this state of fear. I think the real thing, you know, we've really learned or had confirmed is that when people are afraid, not only will they accept authoritarianism, but many will demand it. Yeah. It's not, it's not okay for them to stay at home or them to wear their face diaper or them to take their poke or whatever. They want to force everyone else to do the same thing. And that was always, for me, that was always the line. I mean, if someone wants to do any of that stuff, if they want to close down their business, if they, I, that's not my business. I don't care. Do what you do, what you think makes sense for yourself, your family. I don't know your health situation. I don't know. I don't know all of these things, but it was just like so many lines were, were crossed. 
And especially when that line, I don't have children yet myself, but when that line was also crossed when it came to children, especially when you know, we knew from early 2020 that this particular disease is, it's for children, it's so minor. It's, Mm. it's such a minor, right? It's like a, it's pretty much a cold at a push. It might be like a flu. We've known this from early, every single country, everywhere. This has been the case all throughout and still, I mean, I'm uh, in the USA, in certain states, I, I don't know if you know, they're still mandating the the shot for children to go to school in California, for example. Even now, uh, yeah, 20, well, in 2023, I, I met some people actually just recently from California and they had to move, uh, they have to move their children to go to school in Oregon because they don't want them to get, they want the kids to keep, not, you know, to keep on getting them, number three, number four, number five, number six. And it's, it's, it's so, it, it's really bizarre. It, it's strange because it, it, it's still not over. I know that in Japan, for example, that they still have the, you know, the mandatory masking and this and this, there's still countries with mandates to enter or to travel. And even though all of these bombshells, even, even on a mainstream level, all these bombshells are coming out and they still certain people, certain politicians, I don't know who makes these decisions, they still won't just let it go. They won't just say, okay, you know what? All right, that's we've done enough damage. There's all this stuff coming out. I, I would have thought by now they'd actually be trying to cover themselves more and maybe just drop everything and try to pretend like none of it happened. I, I can't quite work out what their I can't quite work out what their thinking is here. Well <laughs> does it matter? I mean it's it's like we know how it is now and uh, how it's going to be if these people continue, uh, you know, as having these positions in uh, staying in power. And, and that's probably what's going to happen as well. Uh, in America now, they will have probably a, um, well, I don't know, but may, may, maybe they will have Trump again. And uh, some Americans, they hate on me, like for saying this, but I don't think I don't think that things will be much better, maybe in some parts of the economy and things like that. But they seem to forget that he was very pro this um, Operation Warp Speed. Was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They seem to forget all, have forgotten all about that now. But um, yeah, so so, uh, in the USA, it's interesting because on one hand, they they like to say that we are the land of the free and the brave and whatever and um, second amendment and all that and still it was now i don't know the situation in every state but um to me it seems like they were it was a lot more totalitarian than for instance in norway Mm -hmm. uh and, and 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 sweden so but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't. I don't know. I, I've been in the USA, but um, it's a couple of the states there. But uh, I, I'm now. I'm not even allowed to travel there because I haven't had the inoculation, so I can't enter the country. Can I? So. <laughs> Why do people with normal cholesterol levels get heart attacks? Heart surgeon Dr. Philip Ovedia believes it's because of poor metabolic health not cholesterol. After performing over 3,000 heart surgeries, Dr. Ovedia decided to work on prevention and not just treatment. 
In his book, Stay Off My Operating Table, Dr. Ovedia shows you his seven principles of metabolic health and how to use them to reduce your risk of heart disease. Get your free audiobook version of Stay Off My Operating Table at ifixhearts.com forward slash Zuby. That's ifixhearts.com forward slash Zuby to get your free audiobook. Go check it out. The USA is weird because I went to maybe 10 different states during the during the scandemic. What's weird in the US is because it, it varied so much based on the state and even on the city. The, U, the US is much more decentralized in its governance. So in 2020, 2021, even early 2022, you had places which were like real as in, you know, much worse. So I, I'm originally from the UK. Mm-hmm. And the UK is kind of was kind of like in the middle between It was kind of like the average of the U.S. as a whole. So there were parts of the USA which were much more free. There were parts of the U.S. like, you know, Florida, for sure. I think South Dakota, later on, Texas, Tennessee, and so on, where it was just open. No mandates, no nothing whatsoever. Open, free, do what you want. And then at the same time, there were other places, Maryland, parts of California, Hawaii, where it was just like, they went crazy. They went full on with, you know, the... the V passports and segregating people, stopping people from going to restaurants and gyms and cinemas and, you know, just very, very tight enforcement. So I think the U.S. is is a weird one because depending on where somebody was in the country, even even the difference between L.A. County, Los Angeles County and Orange County, which is one hour away, completely different. LA, very, very strict, masks everywhere. You can't do this, you can't do that. You go to Orange County and it's open. It's like Florida. And it's so strange. It's like you cross, cross some imaginary line and then, you know, the science changes. But what, what's been the, I know you've done a lot of commentary on this. What was the, what's the response been like for you? Because obviously your channel has grown a lot and hundreds of thousands of people, if not more, maybe millions have discovered and watched your, watched your content. But I'm sure you got some, must have had some backlash as well. Well, yes, uh, different groups have um, decided to uh, to troll and hate a lot. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I don't get just, to, you know, the woke mob. I don't get those. I, I don't get those. Uh, so that's, that's, that's nice. But I wish I could say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe well i you know maybe when i well i, I don't know why actually but uh, maybe maybe they like me i don't know probably not you're a white man so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah well um no i i what i have gotten recently and this is a funny one the flat earthers I'm mm. not joking. Okay. Yeah, because I made a video. I'm, you know, I, I love to read and I, well, I'm a novelist. So I'm, I'm, I am not ashamed to say that I'm an intellectual. I read a lot of books. I like to read books and I like to learn, you know, and that's, well, I, you know, so I made a video about that uh, because there is a, um, the, this phenomenon that is called anti-intellectualism 
uh, Isaac Asimov wrote about that in 1980 already, you know, back then. But anyway, I made a vi video about that and I I said something along the line. So uh, when you have this anti-intellectualism going, uh, you know, just going on and on and on, you arrive at things like uh, flat earth and the young earth uh, creationist uh, group and, and those things. They didn't like that so much. Mm -hmm. I use that as an example of what can happen when you distrust scientific method and things like that. Um, so, yeah. but um, yeah, apparently I believe that the earth is round because other people told me so. And I should look, <laughs> I should look into it. Yeah. Do the research. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I think some, I think one of the big fallouts of the past few years, actually, and this is true regardless of where people's situation and position was on the whole C-19 narrative, is it really amplified on one side fear and on the other side paranoia. And I think yeah. that now, because I, I get some of this as well, not really from flat earthers, but from people who are like, really, really deep conspiracy theorists. I'm in this funny position where, you know, normies think I'm a conspiracy theorist, but real conspiracy theorists like think I'm a, you know, controlled opposition or I'm running, I'm owned by the I Illuminati the or yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So they, people have become so paranoid because the authorities have shown that you can't trust them. The people who you thought you could trust, whether it's the government or the health departments or the scientists or whatever it is, they've just been lying to us for this long period of time and saying things that are not true and doing all this. So I think now there are, is now a group of people who are so, so skeptical and so paranoid that the, even if they agree with 90% of what you're saying and your general narrative, right? They, they don't want to believe it. They still want to think that you're part of the matrix. You're part of the system. You're actually their enemy, whatever it is. So even if there's a deviation, so maybe someone who, thought the whole C-19 narrative was nonsense, but they also think that the earth is flat. If you don't agree with them that the earth is flat now, then they're going to call you a shill or yeah. controlled op. They love that one. Controlled opposition or whatever now, because you're not 100% aligned with everything else. And I, I think that's, I think that's just where we are now. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I think that what, what has happened here is that, well, people realize that oh the experts i'm doing oh this with my my fingers experts on c19 they they were wrong yeah and we know that they were wrong but what i'm trying to say is they were not the real experts were they no but but because of that these people then mistrust all of science yes and they will they will just use a a twisted form of logic well now it's not even logic but um i hear people or i see people writing things like uh if mainstream media is writing it i will believe the opposite mm -hmm. well, why <laughs> why, why? It, the mainstream media will write the truth absolutely 100% if it fits the narrative. And sometimes 
it does mm -hmm. yeah and and it's not like they they are always out to get us you know it's it's not like they are uh, i i get a little bit burped up when i think about that, that because <laughs> it's it's okay. so, i mean it's it's not like not, not and i say this quite a lot not everything is a conspiracy mm -hmm. um, not everything yeah so, I, i've heard <laughs> i've heard it said um not believing any conspiracy theories is as stupid as believing all of them Right. <laughs> so people, those people go all the way to one end or all the way to the other, right? So you have the people who are so trusting that they don't believe that, you know, they don't believe that the mainstream media has any agenda. They don't think that the government and the politicians and the so-called experts in public health and whatever, they think that they're 100% above board. They have no financial incentives. They have no power or control incentives, whatever. We have to believe with everything they say. And anyone who deviates from that is crazy, stupid, conspiracy theorist, anti-science, whatever. And then you have the other extreme, which is any, like anything that comes from all these aforementioned people or institutions must be a lie. Not just a lie, but that the opposite is true. And that leads you also to very crazy, um, very crazy cons conclusions and paranoia whereas like most things it's about nuance and actually thinking not just taking uh taking positions because they confirm certain biases even if they don't make sense yeah i also get uh i have gotten recently a lot of hate from and that that's pure hate it's like pure hate that that can't be in the comment section you can't have comments like that you know it's like i won't even say what they're writing but it's like that's from the uh i'm saying christians but it's not like i'm talking about all christians it's like a specific group of christians and that happened after i made a video quite recently about my um uh, europeans returning to paganism Mm -hmm. which has been described and, and, and talked about by many others as well. Uh, and uh, I define myself as a pagan myself, a Norse pagan. Um, but then we have to, what's a pagan? You know, we have to talk about that and all that. But, uh, but anyway, so I was out by the stone circles, the Bronze Age uh, stone circles here in just over there. And um, walking there, is a, it's a very special place. Um, and uh, and after that video, I I got like oh, I think some of these crazy mega church pastors uh, in the Bible Belt sent people to troll me or something, and oh, wow. um, and of course I I did get to be fair I did get lots of messages from people writing. I'm a Christian, but this is so fascinating and so on, you know, but I'm not talking about Christians in, in general, but these people who would uh, say that I'm going to hell and my kids are going to hell and, and I'll burn forever and, uh, and all that, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I believe uh, in uh, removing comments like that because it's not nice for anyone to read that. And um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I got that lately. And, and um, yeah, so um, yeah, that was uh, a little bit surprising, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you get people who are 
zealous and unreasonable in every group. I think that's just the reality of it. It doesn't matter. Religion, any religion, politics, ideology, food, <laughs> just any COVID, oh, yeah. any, anything, right? You just get the people who are reasonable and they're willing to have a level of decency and civility and just treat people like human beings and have those conversations and, and debates. And then you just have people who are so intolerant that if you, again, if you're not a hundred percent aligned with them on everything, then they, uh, they don't know how to deal with it and they go crazy and they attack. And that's, uh, that's a shame, but I guess it's just human nature. A, a question I had for you, Bjorn, actually was as someone who spends so much time outdoors and who is focused on your writing and all these other things that you do, how do you balance the social media and internet aspect of that with the sort of more traditional natural life because you you're you're you've got a foot in both of these worlds which i find fascinating you've got a big youtube channel and a lot of people following you online but then also i i get the sense that you're not a huge fan of many aspects of social media how do you how do you bridge that gap well i don't really use social media except youtube um so i it's automated right i i believe that my videos will be shared to twitter the, the twitter <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's automated um okay. and uh yeah so no i don't spend a lot of time there uh YouTube takes a lot of time, of course, but um, but again, it's um, I you know I, I enjoy watching YouTube videos, but that's I'm not like spending time on Facebook and and all these other uh, I can't remember what they are called now. But, <laughs> but I, I do know I know yeah, yeah. there's a uh, there's this TikTok. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I do know, but it's yeah. like no, I <clears throat> no, it's um, no, I yeah, it's as you say, you know, it's a balance there. Uh, hopefully, how do you feel about the way the the world and particularly the West is going in general? Do you feel optimistic, pessimistic, combination? What what are you? Because I saw your video that you had um, the three predictions for twenty twenty three. And it was quite a dark, not dark video, but, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly, uh, a, a positive in terms of what the predictions were. Where, where do you think, cause I, I've, I've traveled a lot. I travel all the time, different countries and cities. I've recently been in Australia, UK, uh, USA, UAE, and, you know, had a lot of conversations with people and obviously with the podcast and everything I do on social media, I talk to a lot of people. And the thing I do notice is that most people are concerned. Most people are worried. Most people feel like the West is in some type of decline and they're not sure if the life that their children are going to have is necessarily going to be better or freer than what we have. What do you think about that, especially as a, as a father? Well, I can tell you that I'm doing what I can to secure my the the future of my kids financially. 
So I myself, I don't need so much. And so what I have is channeled to my kids. Uh, and that's because I think we are not going to see these good times that we, you know, I've, I've had, I've lived many decades in what should be defined as good times. Um, lots of opportunities, um, always things were not, not always moving in the right direction, but you know, things were good most of the time. Uh, now we're seeing a lot of things going the wrong way. Um, I do think that the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, is a threat. I, um, I also think that uh, the artificial intelligence, um, and this is very trending now, of course, on YouTube and so on. Um, I think it's a threat as well. It will make people dumber. And, um, and when it comes to um, people in general, what I think is that we're going to see uh, a, uh, a division or two classes of people very clearly. You will have those who have nothing. They will be renting, borrowing and um, they will never own anything, pretty much. Never own a flat or a house, a car, nothing. And then you will have people who own the stuff. Mm. That's what I think. So it will be better to be a person who owns stuff in the future. I truly believe that. Um, but we will see. I, I think it's, I would say to young people now, get the proper education, be ready to be a student, like mentally a student your entire life. You must always be learning, uh, be critical, be, be to what you hear and do your own thinking and, um, and uh, get back to nature as well. That's quite important, I feel. Um, so it's a big topic actually it's it's a very big topic uh, but i i don't think that we are moving in the right direction now mm. uh, which you know it's it's like history is not linear is it it's not um it, it's like at so at one point we rediscovered concrete right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's a, it's such a weird one because in certain aspects there's a lot to be hopeful and optimistic about, but then in other ways, there's so much stuff that is concerning and there are so many bad ideas that are being pushed, especially on young people, mm. on, on children and so on. I think I, I agree with you in terms of this sort of split that's going to happen. I think another big split that I predict in the young generation, I'm talking people who are children and teenagers right now, is I think the general gap between people's well-being and success in every department, health, wealth, happiness, family, contentedness, all of that stuff, I think that's going to significantly grow because there are millions of young people who are being raised to believe in all these nonsense narratives, to believe that they are 
either victims or their oppressors or the whole system's out to get them and everything is hopeless. I mean, they don't even know what gender they are. They're confused. Some of them are, you know, their hormones are messed up. All of this stuff, right? They're just having all of this put on them. And sadly, millions of those young people do not have strong parental guidance. They do not have fathers or father figures. They do not have all that. They're also being brainwashed by TikTok. They're being just hit from all angles by things that, I mean, I'm, I'm 36 years old. And when I was 16 or 10 or 12, I, I didn't, you know, my parents weren't worried about what I'm being hit with on the internet. I didn't have a smartphone, whatever. And they're just being hit with this every angle from school, from their friends, from the internet, everything. And so there's that group, which is, I don't know how many millions of people, hundreds of millions, I guess. But then also you're going to have children who, I mean, I imagine like your children, right? Children who are raised by parents who are solid and grounded and have morals and principles and teach them how to think critically and show them how money works and why exercise and looking after your body is important and that they're not victims and that they can take advantage of all this. And then you have the opportunity that the internet gives, right? We're both able to reach millions yeah. of people through the internet. So you're going to have people who use this tool and technology to destroy themselves, destroy themselves and destroy other people. And then you have others who are just going to take advantage and go, oh, wow, I can reach hundreds of thousands or millions of people and I could create a business or I can do this or I can do that and I can learn to invest and I can learn all these skills. So I think there's going to just be this even more than before, right? There's always been a gap between people, right? There's always been, you know, what people call the haves and the have nots, but I think that's going to amplify and it's not just going to be financial. It's going to be mental. It's going to be physical health. It's going to be reproductive health. It's going to be, it's just going to be everything. Like, I mean, I saw you did a video on microplastics recently, all these endocrine disruptors that are out there. You see the testosterone levels are dropping and uh, female fertility is dropping and this is dropping. And I don't, I don't know. I just think, uh, that's the part that, that that's the thing that makes me op I'm, I'm very optimistic for a certain type of person. And I'm very concerned about another type of person. And then you bring in AI and automation and I don't know, do we want to be making millions of people's jobs obsolete? Do we want to be replacing people with AI? I mean, the technology is interesting, but I, I look at it and I'm like, this is kind of, this is kind of scary. Where's this going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? Yeah, that's that's very well said. All of what you said there, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm one of those people who, by the way, who, when you know you have this automatic, uh, when in the, when you buy groceries, you have this automatic. You can scan it yourself. I never do that. Mm. I will rather stand in line and wait if there's like one person working there <laughs> because i know that if nobody is standing in that line that person will be will be not having that job for very long mm -hmm. uh and um i don't know it's um it's like well you know things are always changing but uh i i tend to think that we are still very basic and primitive we are these uh, apes with long legs you know? <laughs> yeah well our species uh, evolutionary speaking have been described as as uh, a species of ape who grew long legs that so would stand <laughs> up and, and and see predators you know yeah um 
and and we don't really understand these all these tools that we have in our hands uh, like and it's it's fascinating i'm i'm all i'm fascinated by all these things that i don't understand like the technology in this machine that i'm talking to now and uh and uh, and this cure being curious as i said in my previous video is extremely important and preserving that ability to be curious as a child almost you know children are very intelligent and because they're always curious and they want to learn that's something that we need to preserve when it comes to the younger generation especially so i believe that when you have easy answers at your fingertip that will even be spoken to you you can just have a question to your smartphone and then it will feed you a, a an answer in in five seconds uh, or something uh, you know like five seconds long because the, the attention span is maybe not so good <laughs> that's not good uh, we, we need to uh, in, encourage people especially young people to be curious absolutely it's actually interesting you said the attention span there because it just made me think of another thing that i think is happening especially with young people is i think attention spans are now either three seconds or three hours mm -hmm. that's right point. Yeah. so podcasting is more popular than ever people are listening to two three four five hour long podcasts regularly people are sitting there listening to these very long things, more, more people are downloading audiobooks. So there's, again, there's this group of people who are listening to actually much longer form content than what you traditionally get with the media, with TV programs and with the news. On the flip side, there's the, there's the TikTok, the TikTokification, right? There's the, the two, three, 10 second videos of just, just swiping, swiping, just being bombarded, visuals, audio, music, noise, dancing, like, you know, and you have the people who are addicted to that and they're just flicking, flicking, flicking. And then you also have the people who are just sitting there and listening to this whole conversation from start to finish. And, you know, I know there's thousands of people who, around the world. I know every day, you know, they're listening to my podcast and all these other people's Joe Rogan is doing three hour, four hour podcasts and he's getting more listens than the news. So that's another split. It's like one, one group of people's attention span is getting longer and the content they're listening to is actually um there's a lot to gain from it right it's intellectual conversation they're learning from different ideas from people around the world and then you've also just got this kind of like putting your brain in a blender and people are getting addicted to it and uh, i i don't know man they they broke they both provide some type of dopamine but i think in a very different way i don't know how these things affect your brain they definitely do i know it affects your brain um but I don't know what the long-term consequences are of someone who's just used to consuming five-second content and getting their information in, in five seconds rather than a longer period of time. No, it's, uh, I don't like that so much. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, all this big surprise, right? Because yeah. uh, I want people to read my books for, you know, hours and hours, days, mm -hmm. you know, weeks. So it's uh, maybe that's the ultimate long format, um, but um, yeah, I 
I don't know. It's like maybe it's a bit of both. Like you have people who enjoy the the five seconds thing and also the podcasts, depending mm. on the situation. Uh, myself, I make my videos are usually between eight minutes and twenty minutes mm-hmm. around there. Uh, so it's neither short nor very long, but uh, yeah, I I find that people enjoy that. So uh, I'm probably going to continue doing that. I yeah, please do, yeah. please do. Your your videos are fantastic, honestly. Like oh, I think. You. I, I watch a lot, you know, I've seen lots and lots of different YouTube videos and channels over the years. And I think you've got a, I like the combination of the outdoor aesthetic with the intellectual conversation and monologue. I think that's a cool combination. It's rare to get both of those because most people who are doing the latter, it's just inside a studio or inside a room or something like that. And then most of the people doing outdoor stuff, it's just, the outdoor stuff and there's not any real conversation. It's just, it's just the action. So I, th- I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool combination. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about Bjorn is the, another issue you talk about a lot, which is, which is masculinity. This is a, this is a, I think it's good that it's becoming a more popular conversation. I think more and more people are realizing that there are some challenges that young men and boys in society are facing and they're looking for looking for guidance looking for role models looking to understand their way in the world is that something that you think is a number one is that something you think is a big concern and secondly how do you think we should navigate that well i think absolutely that uh, boys and girls need positive masculine role models that used to be the father and for well, those who are lucky enough to have a present father figure, you know, that that will be him then. Uh, and, and then we have all the cases where that father figure is missing, then there needs to be someone else there, or at least, you know, it, it, it's, it's difficult because I don't want to... People will feel that they often feel that I attack them or I no. let me put this. Let me say this in the correct way. I feel I feel that maybe some people feel that I attack them if they're like a single mother, for instance. It could be on no fault of their own, you know, so I'm what I'm trying to say is that uh, it is important that kids have positive masculine role models present in one way or the other but what we are seeing now and this worries me is that we have masculine role models but many of them are not positive are they they are actually quite negative they are uh, the way I see it. Uh, many of them. Um, I know you have interviewed one of them, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Top G. Sorry. Do you, you mean Andrew Tate? I'm presuming you're getting yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not a man. That's a boy. 
you know it's not a positive father figure and i really don't care about all the hate i'm getting when i say that well i haven't said it i've never spoken that name actually because mm -hmm. i refuse to do that um and i'm seeing that a lot now and it's extremely harmful because as a man you go through phases and um you should so when you're a young man you know in your teenage years and in maybe your 20s uh your focus is on well girls you know mm -hmm. <laughs> let's be honest it's a lot of your focus will be on on girls when you're at that, that age i believe that most people will be most men will be happiest if they settle down and it should be at least not frowned upon that you if you want to to have a family mm -hmm. many people are writing in the comments and writing to me directly saying that it is frowned upon by their friends and so on if they want a family they want to settle down uh because it's not masculine and mm. i'm like what <laughs> what can be more masculine than that mm -hmm. you know i, I so, think uh, yeah, yeah sorry, sorry 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 to even jump in there i i think just on that point i think a big problem is that you know the truth the truth is particularly in the west i imagine a lot of those comments are coming from guys in you know the anglosphere they're coming from the uk they're coming from the usa and so on and I think the reality is that, sadly, millions upon millions of people in all of these nations and societies now have grown up seeing it not work, right? Seeing it not work for their parents, seeing it not work for lots of men, whether high profile or not, seeing the, you know, all the, the divorces and the child custody stuff and this and that. And so... Whilst, I mean, I'm from a, my parents have been together almost 50 years. I'm from a family full of very successful marriages and big families and so on. So this is not my perspective, but I can uh, certainly understand how so many people, young men especially, are reaching that conclusion. And then also, I mean, the <laughs> depending on where you are, the, the so-called dating market in certain cities and places, especially these big urban cities, is it's diabolical. It's, it's, it, there's a lot of broken men and women out there and they're breaking each other. And if someone is just sort of grown up in that and been surrounded by it, sadly, I just think a lot of people have not seen, they, they've seen the downside, but they haven't seen the, they haven't seen the upside. And that's where I think you, you're sort of getting this mentality of people thinking that it's an affront to their masculinity even to be monogamous or to get married or to ha even have children and i, I think yeah, it's a shame okay. but okay i yeah. just want to say a few words uh, yeah please do that. um so getting a lot of women any idiot can do that um again i don't view that as very masculine and um also i do see a problem in the in the way having nice things is portrayed as the same as being successful um, my education is from economics and um, um, <laughs> 
what I see is people with a lot of depth. That's a difficult word to say for Norwegian, by the way. Um, and we know for a fact, and I have numbers proving that, uh, this, that especially young, especially actually it's interesting, young women, um, but, and then young men, they um, spend too much money and they get into trouble because of that. They want the nice shiny stuff. Now that can be, that's a big topic in itself, but I think that we need to get back to what's important. And what's important is not things, it's relationships, it's nature, it's health, it's being comfortable in your own skin, accepting yourself, improving yourself, all these things, and they cost nothing. Um, and I mean, there are two, just to put it simply, there are two types of people. There are type, there are those who want a nice car or several nice cars. And there are those who want a cabin in the woods, if you know what I mean. So more people should look into the latter option, their cabin in the woods. Mm -hmm. And, um, Again, I'm always getting back to this. We need to get back to nature thing. It's very important to me. Uh, I think a lot of this masculinity confusion comes from a lack of understanding that we are nature, actually. Um, and uh, I think that's more important than uh, the gender debate and uh, it, all of those things become irrelevant and stupid when you think about it um, compared to this disconnection that we have with nature in mm. this day and age. Yeah, I, th I think that's true. And I, like I said, I think part of the, a lot of the issue is that, you know, so many people do live in these just giant metropolitan cities. If you live in London or New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, Miami, these, these cities, you are, you know, even Dallas, you know, in you, you're, you are disconnected from nature. Um, so many people just live these lives. They work for a corporation and they sit in their car for, you know, two and a half hour, you know, an hour, two hours a day, even the cities themselves. It's not like, especially in the USA. I mean, one thing I love about European cities, even in the cities, is your number one. You can walk around, <laughs> and they're you're closer to nature, right? Even even in a city, even if you're in a city, you're closer to nature, and it's more on a human scale. In the USA, in particular, most of these big cities, with the exceptions of somewhere like New York and maybe San Francisco, everything is built on car scale. So there, it's just this huge metropolitan sprawl. This is why you have drive-through food, drive-through laundry, drive-through banking. There's millions of people who just sit there in the sit there in the car. Everything is concrete, and it's strip malls, and it's big roads, and you're, people are just surrounded by that and then they go to work and then they're bombarded by the media and there's TV screens everywhere and this and that. So I, I just think this is how, cause I, I see both sides of it. I, right. I'm always traveling. I'm in all these different places. And even when I'm in different locations, I, it, it makes me feel quite different, especially if I'm there for several weeks at a time. Mm. 
And I can very much see how, wow, like I've been in some places where I'm like, man, I'm so glad I didn't grow up or just live in this place long term because no wonder people are going crazy. No wonder everyone in Los Angeles has a therapist. No wonder why everyone's talking about mental health and this and that because you're just so detached from, you are detached. People are detached from nature. Um, There's lots of people who are closer to it. There's many people who still live in rural areas and lo and behold, they tend to be more down to earth and calm (laughs) and sane and less jacked up and less stressed out. But then I don't know what the ratio is of urban versus rural, but I know for sure in most big countries, the vast majority of the population is in these very dense urban areas. And yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a challenge, especially when you're feeding people toxic waste as well and calling it food. Yeah, well, I don't think that's healthy. Well, not the food, obviously, either, but, but living in places like that and I... I've said before that you shouldn't live in a place if you can't just walk out the door and urinate wherever you want to. That kind of <laughs> that's a good rule. <laughs> that kind of the so you can't really live in a the city then all. Well, I guess I was in LA and people I was, I was, I was so, just so, <laughs> I was just about to say be careful with that one. <laughs> and it uh, yeah, but um yeah, no, so, <laughs> um, but the, the thing, um, here's one thing I wanted to add, uh, the, you know, the masculinity debate. It's interesting because on one hand, you have this mainstream media thing where masculinity is very bad. It's it's all toxic and all that. I hate that. I despise that angle that they have there. Uh, people can be very toxic masculinity is not toxic it's the opposite of that of course but um you also have these people men who i don't count as men who complain about women how they complain about women and all women are bad and you know what i i'm going to i'm going to guess i think i think women have always always been nice to you you know or me me personally most of the time me, like me, per, me personally, haven't they? Sorry, say say that one more time. I my guess is that women have your experience is that women are nice to you. Yeah, generally. Yeah, I have the same experience, and I don't think my experience is typical, though. Well, I I, I don't know. I I wouldn't know because yeah. I'm so old, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but this is my life experience, and uh, I think it has to do with how we come across uh, to other people. And uh, I still think that if you're being nice and and uh, if you know how to, you know, behave in a civilized, somewhat civilized manner, then um, people will be nice to you most of the time. That mm. goes for women as well. But um, there is this. Um, uh, we are really we're talking about what we call incels here, I guess. But okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this idea that women are all bad, I really hate that. I, 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 I think that's a very dangerous idea, and I think if people who get that idea into their head, it's it's not good for them. And um, yeah, oh, one thing is it's not true, and another thing it's. It limits them in their life. That, mm. That's what I think. 
Yeah. I think a lot of stuff that's happening right now is reaction and overcorrection. That's mm. the word I often use, overcorrection. So I think because the mainstream media has spent all this time demonizing men and masculinity and talking about the patriarchy and this and that, that leads to a reaction on the opposite end, which can overcorrect, right? So even some of the, you know, people, influencers who have risen to prominence in the masculinity space or in the red pill space or whatever, oftentimes it can overcorrect, right? So instead of, you know, you've got all these young guys who are being told, you know, you're the, you're this, you're that, you're defective girls, you're the problem, whatever. And then they're getting this alternative message, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, depending, it depends on who you're talking about and what they're saying, but there's some truth and there's some, and there's some good and there's some empowerment within it. And then it might go overboard, overboard in certain regards. And so it's overcorrecting in that way. But I think it's just this sort of, it's this back and forth. And there's this absence of balance between not getting totally caught up in materialism or totally caught up in, I don't know, I guess what you could call like hyper, some, you know, a form of hyper masculinity or anything aggressive or anything like that. But then also not this completely diluted, watered down, men are bad, masculinity is bad, all of all of that stuff. And I think also because even when it comes to what the what what you refer to as say like incels, for example, and people who have this idea or animosity towards women as a whole, to me a lot of that is it's just the it's the flip side of the coin of the demonization of men and masculinity that you've had from certain feminists over the decades or from even certain mainstream channels where they decide that, Oh, well, all men are bad and all men are the problem, whatever. And so you now get the flip side of it. And the truth is none of these narratives are true, right? Any, uh, these, these narratives that go all the way to say all of X group of people are something, especially something bad. It's that narrative is never, it's never going to be correct. But I think that, it's a lazy way of thinking. And, you know, we talked about earlier, people like these lazy ways of thinking where you can just draw a conclusion and you can just look at someone. All you know is, I don't know, their race or their gender or their whatever. And you can just draw this opinion, you know, their vaccination status, and you can draw an opinion on them and you can either put them in the good box or in the bad box. And I think that way too many people are sort of playing into that and it allows people to even take advantage of that. Yeah, well, first of all, I would just say that uh, this hyper-masculinity that you refer to, I think that's not masculinity at all. I think it's stupidity and immaturity. Um, but when it comes to the whole masculinity thing, now, um, these people want to play, you know, appear tough. So join me then for like a four-day hike in the... Norwegian woods here. It's January now. We don't have so much snow right now, but still. No, it's not an invitation. It's just an example. <laughs> yeah. So um, I can guarantee you that the whole masculinity, hyper tough thing, it will be gone at nightfall. It's gone. Mm -hmm. Then you're just human again. Or a human animal, if you will whatever you want to call you, and you're freezing, and you're hungry. And some people, an amazing amount of people, are afraid of the dark. And 
that's something I just wanted to say because a lot of what we're talking about here, I believe, is a result of people spending too much time in places with electric light. Mm. If you know what I mean. It's it's just artificial and it's not real and it makes people think things that are fantasies. It takes them away from nature and um, again, I wish people could get back to nature. And when, when I say that, you know, I'm not talking about walking a uh, 10 minutes in, for 10 minutes in the local park. Well, that's nice as well. And, you know, it's good to do that. But I think people should try to get out in the real nature, connect. And um, a lot of things will be much clearer to them if they do that. Mm. I agree with you. I, I, I just, I don't know if that prescription is realistic for most people. Oh, probably not. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I don't disagree at all. I think that, um, all of us could do with spending more time in nature and getting more back in touch with certain, with certain roots. I just don't know. I don't know, especially, especially just knowing where people live. <laughs> there even in cert certain countries and areas are it's just i don't know i don't well, know it's possible to get out to the big cities it's not yeah. i was in los angeles and i rented a car mm -hmm. nice car i remember it was a very nice car and i i managed to get out of the city and i drove to the big trees the sequoia forest mm -hmm. quite far up there uh very flat very flat what a flat place. Yeah, the flat state. It was very flat and very dry, very warm. Oh, but anyway, uh, it's possible to get out to the big cities. Yeah. It, it, it is possible, you know. Are, are you saying short term or are you, are you thinking more like long term? I mean, I think oh, short, oh. short. Okay. No, uh, yeah. I don't want everyone who lives in the city to come and live in the countryside. <laughs> But, uh, most people they have work in the big cities mm. and it is possible to get out for a weekend go hiking uh nothing nothing extreme i'm not saying that you know you should expose yourself to the elements up in the rockies in winter and so on but again you know i think it's very important to get out there and um and just um be out in nature you know uh it's healthy. It's good for you. I hear that. Bjorn, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and getting to know you a bit more. Where can people find and follow you online? Of course, you've got your YouTube channel. So do you want to give that a shout out? Well, yes, I have three YouTube channels, actually. And um, uh, it's my name. Well, and I, and I have Bjorn Talks. That's my live streaming channel. And I have my website, uh, which is uh, b-u-l-l-h-a-n-s-e-n.com. Um, so that's where you can find me. Awesome. Bjorn, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure speaking it's with a you. pleasure. Thank you. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stuntly and destined for pain. Scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, clicking a bang. Y'all gon' 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.